podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs make a difference. Like our Italian sub, piled high with Genoa salami, pepperoni, and Virginia honey ham. Or our Firehouse meatball sub with zesty marinara, both with melted provolone and Italian seasoning. Your choice, just $6.99 each for a medium and only for a limited time at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your order. It's the bluest room in town. Yeah, they're actually funny and the best the sound. Through the ups and the downs. Yeah, they'll be there waiting for the next time round. You can find out what it means. Everton will break your heart, but they're still your team. It's far from doom and gloom. So tune in now and get involved with the blues. It is your weekly here on the Blue Room Friday, a day on from Everton beating Bournemouth Ward 2 0 in the FA Cup fifth round. And we are looking very much ahead to the quarterfinals now. And the draw for that's already been done. It's Crystal Palace away. It's going to be happening in two weeks. Uh, plenty to talk about after that game. I'm looking ahead to the match against Tottenham on Monday night and joining me to go through it all. Uh, Dave Downey. Dave, how are you, mate? Glad it's Friday. Yeah, glad it's Friday. Um, glad to. Uh... We're waiting until Monday for the game, um, which I think most of us aren't, aren't looking forward to too much, given how difficult it'll be away at Spurs. But yeah, nice to get us into the draw for the uh, the last eight in the FA Cup, even though, yeah, I think we're going to be underdogs, aren't we? Uh, aside from going away to Palace, which I think they'll probably be favourite too. Um, the way in which the draw was quite nice for the, the big boys that are left in it. You know, probably means you're going to come up against them. We, we had a little bit of an argument like this on Twitter, didn't we, Matt? Um, I think we're probably going to come up against one of the one of the big boys in the Premier League if we get to the semi-final. So, um, yeah, nice to get through. A decent performance from Rondon as well, which is nice to watch and nice to see because um, nobody thought he was capable of doing that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, it's been a pretty productive week, I think. Um, and I thought I have to say as well before we crack on it, it, it was so so lovely and, and Everton repeatedly get this thing right. There's no qualms about that from any of us, I think, um, in what they did for the uh, message towards the Ukraine before the game started. I thought it was magnificent. And, um, you know, you do have to doff your hat to everything they did um, towards Mikhailenko, towards all of the people in the Ukraine. You know, the, the message as one was absolutely brilliant. So, um, you know, it, it was it was quite an emotional start before the game, wasn't it? Yeah, 100%. You know, the strange of imagine, obviously, ringing out around Goodison as well. And uh, also joining us is Adam Sutton. Adam, how are you doing, mate? Do you agree with Dave? Has it been a, a productive week for Everton from that point of view? Yeah, I think so. Um, in terms of how I am, I think Dave's probably put it into perspective there, hasn't he? Compared to many others in the world, doing pretty well, actually, and uh, pretty blessed. So, yeah, it's... Uh, as you say, a bit of a blessing to be able to sit here on a Friday and, and chat footy with your mates when there's so much else going on. So, yeah, productive week for Everton and pr- productive week for myself. Yeah, I mean, let's let's go on to, to go straight into the game. Um, I'll, I'll come straight back to you, actually, on it, Adam, because it was, um, you know, me and you were sort of texting each other before and saying we don't expect this to be a complete wipe-off for Everton, maybe a narrow win given you know, the rotation that we were going to have and, and the opposition potentially playing. 
Hal, he did. Um, it, it, it just felt like a bit of a weird one on the ground, didn't it? Because obviously there's so much sort of goodwill between the, the two clubs who are certain aspects of the two clubs before the game. Everton getting them a new kit, paying for the coach or all that kind of thing. Frank Lampard's text message to their manager was doing the rounds virally as well. And it, it just, I think that sort of nice <laughs> approach sort of added to to the feeling that it wasn't didn't really feel like an FA Cup fifth round game or quarterfinal spot on on the line, and it, it sort of felt like that in the early stages, didn't it? It was all just very flat and and very very detached from from what you'd expect from this sort of game. Yeah, I think it came came down to the fact that there was so many niceties, and it's the way that Everton have have been playing and portrayed in recent weeks in a good light and in a bad light is when we're, we're horrible almost and we're up for it and the crowd are on the backs of whoever we're against and it was quite the opposite last night wasn't it which almost put us on the back foot to be fair the Leeds game for example we, we wanted their blood from minute one and it wasn't like that with, with Boreham Wood yesterday so yeah it was never in doubt type of thing but those games are the ones that you can't really get excited about because it's a, it's a lose-lose. Essentially, you batter them and, yeah, you should have and you go to the death with them and it's pretty embarrassing. So, yeah, it was routine in the end, but nothing to be excited about. I, I sat there and hardly celebrated the goals. Probably deeper meaning to, to some of the Everton's emotion, Everton, Evertonians' emotions lately and I think we're a little bit sick of it, aren't we, to be fair? We need a cup run and, and hopefully Palace can be the catalyst because they'll be up for that. We'll be up for that. There will be no niceties. And uh, yeah, I think last night was just about getting through, wasn't it? Yeah, 100% in the end. I mean, when it got to half time, it was a case of, oh no, it's already a quarter past eight, kick off this, do not fancy extra time. We'll be getting home until all hours of the morning. But but Dave, what, what did, did you make of those opening exchanges? You know, I think Frank Lampard used the word slow so many times in his, his post-match interview and that's sort of what it felt like in the ground playing that back three it was just easy possession sideways possession and it played really into Bournemouth Woods hands didn't it who just wanted to sit off and, and spoil and, and try and maintain parity in the game for as long as they could yeah I thought it was slow it was you know very it wasn't it wasn't easy on the eye was it when when a lot of people expecting a lot of our fans are expecting to go beat an only side by seven, eight, nine, ten nil, whatever it is you're looking for when you go into one of these games. Um I, I do I do think and I might get slight of a saying this, but the fact that our players are able to keep possession of the ball and, and do things that we haven't really been used to seeing from them all the way through this season, I, I bet you they all felt quite quite pleasant. It felt a pleasant evening for them, to be honest, to be able to do that, to be able to do the things that we've had to go up against against sides that have faced those. Look at the look at the Man City game. You were going to have like sixty odd seventy percent possession. Sadly, this season has been that that's happened most of the time that we've played. Um, you know, probably counts on one hand the amount of times that we've had more possession than the opposition. Um, so, dare to say, there were, I felt like some of these players that came in, some of the ones that aren't regular starters as well, Brantwaite in particular, felt really happy to be able to you know lift the head up, look for a pass, maybe run forward with the ball a little bit, maybe, dare I say, indulge themselves a little bit on this. So I wasn't, I wasn't too disappointed. Um, and I know people immediately see a line a lineup that's got like five five defenders in it against non-league side, thinking, oh, what is this? What is this going to be all about? But um, I, I didn't, I didn't particularly care as long as we got through um, to the last eight. 
bigger fish to fry. Uh, so I from the FA Cup as well. Um, so you know, and anything like you just said, like you guys just said there, had they gone to extra time or anything like that, it would have been an absolute nightmare. Um, and, and I'm so glad we avoided it because you know they 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 were able to defend quite well for, for most of the game, board and wood. So um, yeah, no qualms at all, to be honest. And I think I'm in the minority when I say that the way in which we lined up, but. Um, you know, it was much needed. Clean teeth at home, FA Cup tie. You're in the hat. Crack on with it. That's that, that's the, the bigger things we're going to look at in the next round when we go to Palace. Um, you know, we can talk about moan about lineups and all that then. But um, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't too disappointed whatsoever to see what I did. Yeah, the, the, obviously the main thing that sort of changed the game in the second half was that was the shifting system though and. He brought off Nathan Patterson, Dave, on, on his debut. I think a lot of fans are obviously clamouring to see him. And I actually thought he had some quite nice moments in, in the first half. You know, there were obviously times where he lost the ball as well, but always willing to take on his his opposite fullback. He, he did that one where he sort of got it out of his feet and knocked it to the byline and, and bent around the outside. It looked really encouraging, very much what you'd expect from a, a modern-day fullback that, that we're told what he is. But he, he was brought off, and I think Frank Lampard has described it since as a, a practical decision. Um, John Drew Kenny obviously goes on to get an assist and plays pretty well at right back and then left back in, in the second half. But did you feel like it was a little bit harsh on Patterson to, to bring him off in, in those circumstances? Because, listen, it's early in his career, but I, I can't imagine he would have felt particularly great about, about that. No, not at all. Um, but, you know, how, how difficult a situation is that lad always going to have when he starts a game for us? Um, you know, you probably go along the lines to, to Mikalenko as well. Um, take, that, that's even taken away what, what's gone on in his... Um, his personal hometown, you know, if you look at lads coming into this side, you look at the, the two kids that got on, Dobbin, when Dobbin got on, and um, who's the other guy, was it Walsh, was it? And then um, Price as well. When when they come on, second half, I, I was thinking, like, uh, it was a Lampard's behalf, you know, when when are these lads going to get a chance? When it's, like, going to be um, an, an atmosphere and, and, and a climate that they're able to get on there and really dig into it and get themselves heavily involved um, and, and that was probably the only opportunity wasn't it and then when it happens with, with Patterson we're all, we're all really aching to see what he can do um, particularly in that right back area um, and I know if you if you even put his name on any social media Rangers absolutely devastated that they lost him this lad seems to have some sort of pedigree to do that um, and then and then sort of to be taken off in, in a game where he's probably thriving to get his, his chance and be taken off. Yeah, he's probably gone home that night. He's probably sat there and, and I'm sure all the players, Coleman, all the other seniors in the, in that in that dressing room are going up to him saying, obviously you've done nothing wrong there, cracking start. You know, you've been part of the clean sheets, you won 2-0. I think the way in which he's probably been built um, and the way in which pros get built when they're younger players, he's desperate just to keep on playing. He's desperate to get involved in everything that the team do. Um probably looking to run with the ball out as fast as he could and do the things that he's um, conventionally really good at and, and what what Rangers fans have banged on about for so long. Um yeah and that I, I don't I don't have a concern about it in as much as it doesn't feel like he's gonna be put into the first team too much. Um we still haven't seen it, I thought I thought Lampard would have had him in there a little bit more. Possibly, probably not start, obviously, but to get him more game time, I'd have thought that I'd have seen him a lot more than an Everton shirt. 
Um, and, and you know, of course, we're gonna, we will need it because the the games we have are going to come thick and fast. Um, you know, we've got we've got the catch up games you got in the Premier League plus now Palace and hopefully what what comes after that if we get to a semi final um, at Wembley. The all of these lads are going to be used. So, you know, I, I hope that sort of the mentality side of things, he's still he's still absolutely fine to to crack on with what he's hopefully felt has been a decent move in his career to come to Everton. Yeah, I think in the ground, Adam, it didn't really feel as though there was any like major moments where you thought this lad's really nervous or out of his depth or or struggling in the position. You know, he, he was pretty much like everybody else. He did some things quite well. He did a lot of things that, that were a little bit raw, but it, it just felt it just felt a little bit harsh to, to, to hook him so early after potentially giving him that chance to, to make his debut and play as, as a right wing back. It maybe felt a bit premature, that. I'm sure it was a, a tough decision for Lampard to make and he does allude to it, doesn't he, in the post-match interview. And th- there's probably a, an occasion here where you, in in recent years, and you look back to probably your, your David Moyes era, that he would have played the full 90, we would have won four or five nil and everyone's happy and, and it never gets mentioned again. But this, this comes down to, to failings over years, to be fair, Matt, I think, and especially this season where... We're in no position, and I'm not saying that Nathan Patterson wasn't playing well. I just mean we have to win games, no matter who it's against, no matter what cup competition or league competition it is in. And unfortunately, when when you're nil-nil against the non-league side in the FA Cup, which is our only chance of any silverware this season, he's had to make a decision. And as you say, the, the change in formation changes the game. John Joe Kenny gets an assist for the first goal, and you keep a clean sheet. So I, I feel like Nathan Patterson will have the right people around him, as Dave said, that the senior pros at the club will be in his ear constantly. Frank Lampard and his staff will be in his ear. You're the future of this club, and it's about biding your time. But it comes down to the failings of, of previous managers and recruitment that the likes of this young talent coming through are, are getting minutes in the FA Cup against a non-league side, whereas... You look around the Premier League and, and you see young lads starting games in 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 big big matches. So it's tough. It's tough for Frank Lampard. I probably side on his decision to be the correct one, but we need to build something here which which breeds youth and, and doesn't really pick and choose when when we have to because we're in no real position here to be taking risks. And uh, unfortunately, he didn't take one yesterday, and and it's it's paid off. But yeah. Let's hope that in seasons to come, no one ever mentions his debut when we're talking about him playing 30, 40 games for us a season. Yeah, I think Seamus Coleman had a bit of a nightmare on his debut as well, didn't he, to be fair? And he, he turned out to have a, a decent career for Everton. So I'm sure I'm sure he'll be absolutely fine. But um, just on the second half then, Dave, obviously we, we upped the tempo a bit. Richardson came on and well, I don't think he played particularly well. It was you know, his physicality, his, his energy, his, his running, um, obviously pulled them apart a little bit. And, and as, as we all mentioned at the start there, Salomon Rondon gets his gets his goal. I think he described it as a, as a perfect Goodison moment to the club's official channels last night. And um, I mean, listen, I, I don't think he had a particularly great game. I think 30 seconds before he scored, I vividly remember shouting, move at him as he was stood still in, in the middle of the goal and not really impacting it that much. But, you know, it, you look at him and he... Say what you want about him, but he's probably going to have a role to play between now and the end of the season, isn't he? You know, Dominic Carvalhoen is still picking up these injuries. He's, he's not been anywhere near his best when he has played. 
there's going to be times where Everton are going to have to call on this lad off the bench, and it's just good from his from his point of view there that he's got a little bit of confidence at least. Yeah, I mean, I think there comes a point where you have to stop stop taking the piss. Um, when it comes to this lad, look, he didn't look fit. He still doesn't look fit, if we're honest, does he? Um, and that's not me joking about this. That's me say, saying it as it is, really, because I, I don't think he looks physically fit uh, most of the time when I see him come on the pitch. But yeah, to go and get a couple of goals, um, for him to look like he was part of the team and there was a, a formula there to get him on the ball, to get him near the goal, to get him being able to take some chances and have some chances. Um, yeah, absolutely right. I think... You know, we can only go as far as, as we can in terms of the, the taking the piss thing, Matt, because, you know, he will be needed. There's, there's no doubt about that. You know, even even you go as far as saying, well, Calvert-Lewin obviously has been out for a large part of this season injured. Um, Richarlison hasn't always been 100% fit. That that lad's going to have to get in the team. You know, people will say, oh, no, Jim him off and get Dobbin in there and, and, you know, maybe have a look at different things, maybe play like false nines and all that sort of stuff that... I don't think we're capable of doing, given the uh, the players that we have. No, um, I, I think that I think that was a good choice from from Lampard deciding that this was what he would have wanted. Ideally, is for this fella to get some sort of game time, get some confidence built into him. Look, people will say constantly that he's absolutely useless, and look, he he, he has to play. At some point, he, he's going to be somebody who has to take game time. Yes, we probably part ways in, in the summer and, you know, say, say goodbye to him and then we'll all have a laugh and a joke talking about the worst players that we've had play for us and how on earth that, that's happened. But, yeah, he's, he's going to get in. He's going to have to get in. Um, look, none of, us, none of us want that particularly. We don't want Calvert-Lewin out the side for a minute more than, than than he simply has to with injuries or whatever um, or tiredness Richarlison the same as well um, I, I thought his haircut was not his haircut his, uh, the colour on his hair was a bit dreadful as well I thought he's gone proper blonde now hasn't he did you um, that much do you think I, did, I didn't really I thought I thought it was very you could tell that he properly has, has got like he's had it done recently do you know what I mean the colour because it looked it was really I don't know, it, it really stood out to me yesterday when I know he's had that sort of hairstyle for a long time, hasn't he, with, with the blonde stuff, um, which is completely by the by. But yeah, um, with, with with his role in the, in the team, in the club, you look at, I thought he looked really frustrated. Of course, a really frustrated player uh, against, against Man City. And he doesn't look happy. You know, he looks like he's a moody kind of guy anyway. I know he's a young lad. He looks very moody most of the time, but um, he, they're going to need help to, 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 with, with the goals. We're going to have to get people involved, scoring goals. So for Rondon to get a couple, I don't care who it was against. For him to get some goals um, at Goodison was can only be deemed as a positive. Um, look, we get to the end of the season, people will be saying, you know, if you if you were given his statistics and somebody said, I don't know, he got involved in let's say. Seven or eight, so half of the fourteen we've got left in the Premier League. If he featured in each of them, there'd be a lot of people who are still unhappy about that. But chances are, he's probably going to have to do that. Yeah, it's just it's quite. I feel like we're in this position with a lot of our players, Adam. Where it's you know we, we sort of did it with a worry the other week, didn't we? Where they have a good game and you, you want to talk, or you want to talk them up, and you want to say this can be a turning point for them. But there's just there's been so many times and such a bank of evidence for for these lads that, that let us down. It's 
it's it's hard to sort of go it all in on them. But he did. I think the thing I'll say about Rondon is he did look genuinely made up last night in the after the after he scored. Mm. You know, I think he, he spoke afterwards and he was obviously very pleased. But he's um, it, it did look like it, it meant a lot to him to sort of get well break his duck at Goodison Park. Yeah, and it. It's not just these players this season, is it? And it goes back to my point before that there's 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 members of this team that have constantly had I don't know a new manager bounce, or they've had a couple of games where they've impressed, or they've looked like they they might show a little bit bit of quality, and and then it's the same old story. But I feel there's a difference between Salomon Rondon and I said this previously. To be fair, that the man's only acted with with utter professionalism actually throughout his. His, his time at Everton and I was at Norwich and at Brentford and he, he got some awful abuse and I mean awful, awful abuse at both of those games and, and you'll, you'll hear it at Goodison, the murmurs and he kicks one into the net yesterday when a free kick get, gets given to bounce it back to him and people are, are shouting and almost sarcastic and I feel a bit sorry for the lad and, and I'm glad that he, he scored his goals yesterday and th- there's, there's a number of players that actually deserve less of a chance than, than Salomon Rondon for me. Uh, those that have been at the club for, for years on end and, and as I say, have, have let us down constantly and may have been arsed slightly. And, it, and it, it's even more frustrating with the likes of Alex Iwobi, with the likes of Michael Keane, with, the, with a number of others, where they show that they've got I don't know, quality or they've got the ability to, to play well. And then they just fall by the wayside when the going gets tough and as Dave has spoken about, that Salomon Rondon's going to be an asset to Everton at the end of the season, whether you like it or not. How much of an asset, we don't know, but he scored, what, the same amount of goals as Dominic Calvert-Lewin this season. I understand that Calvert-Lewin's been injured for the most part, but you know, something just doesn't doesn't feel right to me about Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I'm not sure why um, he, he didn't look as, as he shouldn't due to the amount of time he's been injured, but he, he just hasn't looked like Dominic Calvert-Lewin when he's been back and, and yes, he's picking up a, another knock and he's definitely not fit and, and it's it's likely when you've been out for so long that other parts of your body are going to suffer but it, Salomon Rondon for me has got his head down and grafted. He, yeah, he's not who we want him to be. He's not this young up-and-coming academy graduate but he, he's someone who's going to be playing games and, and it's like it's like everything and, and I go back to the likes of Awobi and, and Keane that they it's such a double-edged sword because Evertonians are so frustrated at the moment because we can't grasp anything on the pitch. But okay, maybe the, the past month or so there's been more, but the players are, are totally drained of any confidence. So they're not trying anything, not doing anything. They're probably scared to implement the style that Frank Lampard's trying to put across. And on the other hand, it just seems like maybe they're not, they're not here for the right reasons or they're, they're being... You know, told to do something that they might not be fancying, and it, it has to to come together. And um, we almost need to put our differences aside as as fans and players. We've got a manager here who I think everyone is is united with, and he'll know more than anyone, I'm sure, who who's probably the right and the wrong player to take us forward. But I think it goes back to your original question, Matt, that we haven't got many options. So there's going to have to be people who play who we're not necessarily over the moon about playing. Yeah, and certainly in the cup as well, where we've got couple of new signs or three new signings from January out haven't we um, due to cup tide but let, let, let's have a chat quickly about the, the draw I mean Adam I'll, I'll come back to you first on this one mate I, I was sort of sitting there thinking I wouldn't mind anyone at home apart from Liverpool or City 
And if we got anyone away, it probably would have been a bit unsure about this team going away, even to someone like Nottingham Forest or Middlesbrough and, and getting the results. So, so Palace wasn't really one I, I was made up with, but I suppose we've avoided Stamford Bridge, we've avoided the Etihad, we've, we've avoided Anfield. Um, but it's going to be a tricky game, that isn't it? Yeah, it's always going to be a tricky game, especially with Everton not playing at Goodison Park and Everton just playing in general. Uh, but uh, the, the way that I looked at it is Palace would probably be buzzing with that draw, um, yeah, which, says, which says a lot about us and says a lot about how we've been. If you look back at that game this season, it's, it's probably, like I said to me dad, that's the game that Benitez lost me on really and he may not have had anyone uh, on his side to begin with, but I gave him a fair shot. I thought if you can set up a team and, and play in a way that you're hard to beat and you, and you nick games, but that that Palace game this season was just embarrassing from minute one. It was they they hadn't won in four or five, I think, at that point, and it was basically here have some confidence, have the ball for however many minutes you want. There's no pressure. We'll play five at the back. We, we'll look like totally isolated up top, and and yeah, Julie got our, our just rewards really, and, and the likes of Conor Gallagher who hadn't scored in a while scores, and yeah, things like that are just not going to breed confidence into an FA Cup tie. However, as you say, there's, there's different uh, possibilities that could have happened and, and we've almost, I don't know, the middle ground, you could say. We, we haven't got a home draw against the likes of Huddersfield or or Notts Forest or or we haven't got Anfield, which we all thought and Everton usually would have done. So, listen, if we can hit some form um, against, against Tottenham and the Wolves game will go ahead as well, I imagine. Or has that changed? No, well, I think we play, we just play Newcastle on the Thursday, aren't we? So I think it's Wolves next weekend and then Newcastle Thursday. Um, yeah, my dog's not happy about that, as you can probably hear. Neither am I. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just doing a Dave Downey tribute out there, you're like betting the dogs on, having a chat. I actually, I, do you know what's funny you say that? I actually thought I'm, I'm sitting outside my car doing this because the dogs are all barking in the house. I thought, surely that's not mine. You can't hear nothing, it's far away. <sighs> <laughs> I think it's the first appearance in the podcast. He's just woken up from a big sleep, conveniently. Uh, but do you know, do you know? But, but does that not make um, the thing that gets moved? will be Watford away, won't it? Watford away is due on the seventeenth, I think. Yeah, is so it or the twentieth? We were due to play Watford on the twentieth. Yeah, we've got a home game on the Thursday, and we've got Wolves on the Sunday. So it's Wolves next Sunday, and then we've got Newcastle at home the Thursday after. So we will likely play on the Sunday against Palace, and that was initially meant to be Watford. Yeah, now that that'll be the one that moves Watford, won't it? And I think it, it that that is almost a, a run up to that game, which defines the game. And I know that cup games can can be formed out the window type of thing, but we've got a, a, a game against Tottenham on Monday, who are if. League position maybe not as bad as us, but in terms of inconsistency, in terms of disparity between players, fans, manager, they win one, they lose two, they win one, they lose one. And then you, you look towards the likes of, of Wolves, who at Goodison, you've got a chance there. You look at Newcastle, who there, I feel, might struggle over the next couple of weeks with the likes of Trippier out and have they had the bounce. And I just think if, if Everton can, can get just wins, and I know it's, goes back to yesterday as well where a win is a win progression in the cup is progression and these players need confidence and, and wins bring confidence it doesn't matter how you do it if we can just start to churn a little bit of momentum 
and get into a get into a tie against Palace where they will have nothing to play for apart from that. So they should be up for it. And that almost gives us a reason to get up for it as well. We'll take a load down there. We've got Wembley as, as a reward. We've, I'm thinking of Sunderland away in that, in that cup run to get to, to Wembley. Well, years ago now. It was, what, a decade ago, maybe? And it's yeah, just... My, my guy gave his greatest evening. Literally, yeah. There was 7,000 of us, and it was probably one of my... And this is how sad it is being an Evertonian. Probably one of my favourite games ever uh, in the North East. And little things like that, and it's not little, obviously, but thing, games like that can totally change uh, the feeling around the club. It, it gives Frank Lampard such a, a massive boost in terms of, I'm here to do, I've got a plan here, a project here, and, and this season isn't over for us, no matter how many people have, have written us off. If we can pick up, say, six, seven points in the next three games, we can go into that tie with absolutely nothing to worry about. We'll feel a lot better about relegation. We'll have players there with the tails up, and who knows, it comes down to who's got the bollocks at the end of the day to, to go and get themselves into a semi-final of an FA Cup and if Everton can do so it'll, it'll look a lot lot different come the end of the season Yeah I think that's that's the worry for me Dave about looking at that game I mean that, it's going to be hostile there isn't it Salas Park it, 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 you know it's it's very loud and very intimidating at the you know just for a normal Premier League game where both teams have typically been in mid-table down the years but they're going to be right up for it aren't they and it's <laughs> Well, to, to put it lightly, Everton haven't proved to be particularly effective in those sorts of environments in recent years. No, you're right. And, and I've been talking to a couple of friends in work who are, who are Palace fans and they, they've been absolutely delighted that they've got us at home. And I don't know, I, I've not really felt like it's weird in that position, but they're, they're absolutely right in reality, aren't they? Um, you, you look at who they could have got, who we could have got, and we've said, OK, yeah, fine. That's probably right in the middle ground, getting Palace, like Adam says, getting Palace um, out of that draw. You know, you're not you're not sort of sitting there wincing at potentially playing City, Chelsea or Liverpool. Um, but I think how we played there, we, we were embarrassing when we went there um, earlier this season. And I think that Vieira's done some really nice things. Having said that, they're a mid-table side and... You know, the thing that worries me more than, than the actual playing of Palace itself is the way in which we've played away from home, which needs to be fixed for this. Um, yes, look, we've got the double header um, and we need to take at least four points from those against against uh, Newcastle and Wolves. And then obviously we'll have that trip to Watford. It's very quickly now now sort of showing us that in the next, what, three weeks potentially will we'll let us know what our season is. Is it going to be? a repeated scrap for a relegation fight um, because we'll play a couple of the games that we have in hand over everybody down there. Or can we get into that mid-table? You know, we've got three games in hand of Palace themselves. If we were to win all three, we go above them in the Premier League. Um, and then can we start properly focusing on a quarter-final that can see us all to Wembley? I mean, how, how good would that be after the absolute pile of shite we've had for most of this season? Do you, do you Actually, still think you like that, Dave? Because in the past, you've always been very clear and you don't want a cup run you're not fussed about that you want us to, to win to win a trophy is, is, is that still in your mind as, as you look at this or is it a bit different given what's gone on for us no I mean look I'm, I'm, I'm not saying if somebody said to me oh look would you still be happy to have Wembley for semi for the semi-final but you're going to go out in the semi-final absolutely not no if someone told me that's going to happen I don't want us to get into the semi-final if they, if they said they knew that that was what was going to happen if you get what I mean what I'm talking about more that way Matt is us as fans 
I think we we deserve something nice. Do you know what I mean? We deserve a nice day out at Wembley. Um, you know, and, and and that sounds like a massive contradiction. What I've just said about you know us, we I'm not bothered if we don't win a trophy, but. I mean, we've we've spoken about it a lot. Look, for everyone listening to this as well, we're re- really right on on the on the edge of our ten year anniversary at the Blue Room. And how many times have we said, season after season, Matt, how good would it be to go and produce stuff down there and do the the whole shebang of you know getting podcasts done, getting phone ins done, getting people in and around us, speaking to former players, legends, all that stuff. Um, I think us, us as broadcasters deserve that, but I think all of us as fans just deserve a bit of a break from just watching this absolute pile of crap um, that, look, has shown signs of getting better, certainly at Goodison Park, uh, away from home. That That's the, that, that's the main issue here. So if if we're in three weeks' time and we've got you know, a couple of wins at Goodison um, down, down our belt, and, and, and then we can start looking at it and thinking, Oh, do you know what? We, we've sort of secured safety or made us damage secured safety in the Premier League. Let's properly focus on goal for this. Because otherwise, I think, you know, say if we lose against Spurs on Monday night, you know, say if we lose, um, well, say if we lose both, say nightmare scenario, we losing both of those home ties. I don't think we will. But if we were to lose them both or only get a couple of points from them both, you know, you, you're then looking at that Palace game with a little bit of, you know, we're going to have to play a similar team to what we did against Boreham Wood because you're going to have to sacrifice everyone on the first team as all of the best players we've got have to be left on the on the touchline uh, because ultimately the, the the priority will remain to be the Premier League. So this is this is just like this. Is, we're, we're at the fork in the road right now, I think, um, with the games that we're approaching. I still think it's a bonus if we get anything away at Spurs. I know what Adam said is absolutely spot on with them this season. Um, you know they, they've looked really, really bad at times, and other times they've looked like look at the first game of the season against uh, against City, and, and look at how they did away at City. You know it's going to be a real mixed bag against who we play against, but they, they looked really good and back to normal against Leeds last week. So you know who knows what can happen Monday night. But yeah, I think this this is a hell of an emotional next few weeks for us as a club, and um, you know obviously I, I hope that we're going to Wembley. But first and foremost, I hope that we're completely safe in the Premier League and be able to say, yeah, let's throw everything we can at Palace and not even think about what we need to do to stay in the Premier League. Yeah, it's, it's sort of, it, it, make, it makes it hard to fully buy into the excitement, doesn't it? Because we've got this looming situation in regards to the relegation zone. But it's, um, I mean, fingers crossed that can start to turn around on Monday. We'll, we'll finish off by having a quick chat about that game. Uh, Dave briefly mentioned Tottenham there, Adam, and their inconsistency and they, they went to City and won, they went and levered Leeds, but they've been beaten at home by Southampton. They went to Middlesbrough and, and were pretty comprehensively beaten. I haven't watched that game. You know, it was Borough who came on stronger in extra time and always looked like they were going to win it. They're just, just a bit of a weird side. On, everything feels a bit off there at the moment, doesn't it, with Conte? He doesn't really feel that happy. Harry Kane, obviously, it's well documented. He wants to get out. They don't really seem to know what the, the best eleven is. It, it feels like if Everton were in a bit of a better position, there'd be a great chance to go down there and capitalise. But it just feels like a, a game that's... You'd imagine it's going to be tricky for us. It's all, Yeah, it's always going to be tricky going away. Um, it's always going to be tricky playing Tottenham. And yeah, make no bones about it. They are struggling. However, they're winning more games than we are over the 
past couple of months and, and therefore you're never going to have full confidence that you, you can get a result. However, there is those frailties that are needing to be utilised and, and made light of by, by Lampard. And I think this is probably his biggest, in my opinion, his biggest test from an Everton fan's point of view or from, I don't know, a league point of view where I want to see, because it comes down to essentially, I think, if you can frustrate Spurs, whether that's getting in the face, whether that's stopping them playing, whether that's almost not allowing the, the, the manager to get his message across to the players, then you can beat them. You, you can. Middlesbrough did exactly that. They weren't sitting back and hanging on. They were going and, and, and having a go at Spurs and, and making them look shaky on the ball. And it's almost that they're in such a similar transition to we are, where the manager's coming in and they've gone from very defensive very negative way of playing where they're trying to get results to almost this is how we are going to create results in terms of being on the front foot, being a better side, having the ball a little bit more. And if you can catch them in that transition in, within those 90 minutes, then you can beat them. But it just comes down to how brave we can be. And that's the biggest worry, in my opinion, from an Evertonian's point of view, because we don't look brave whatsoever away from home. It looks like whatever Lampard's trying to get across to the players, they they essentially it, not even ignore. They just can't find the confidence to carry through. So it, it's it's such a tough one to call and you bite you bite hands off for a draw now, don't you? I think if you're if you're an Everton fan and but it, it's always different different when you get down there and, and unfortunately we've got we've got no say in the matter because it's uh, it's down to the players now, and, and as, as I say, it's down to the manager. This is his biggest test for me. This is where he needs to show his worth. Are you ready to to get older this side and instill confidence from a, a footballing point of view, from a bit of an arrogance point of view? He said it in the Gary Neville uh, overlap series that, that he used to call it three points lane, didn't he? And I know they're not there anymore, but they're not far away. And how can how can you bring your winning mentality against Tottenham? And, and instill it in these players. And if he can do, then it's going to set us up, as we've spoken about. If we can get a, a result, if we can win at Spurs, you kick on, you beat other teams, you go into that quarterfinal, the season's looking totally different. Just going back to, to what Dave was talking about with, with, the, with the cup run, we want to go down to Wembley. You, you watch them across the park the other week. It just looks amazing. I don't hate them after watching that game. I hate Everton after watching that game. I want to be involved. I want to be involved in something like that. Yeah. I want to wear like my shorts and my sunnies down to Wembley because they're the days you remember. That's what we love doing. And if we can change our, our fortune in the league by winning games like this against Tottenham, where you get in there and you get out. If you, if you get a draw, you take a draw and you go and beat the next team at home. But if if we can start to, to build up a bit of confidence here and, and, and nick results where we might not necessarily deserve them or we start deserving them, then, as I say, it looks a, a totally different beast come come the latter part of the season. But that's a posit, positive nature that we need to be looking at. However, we've got no real evidence to go off from, from previous results and, and from, yeah, away fixtures in the, in the past 12 months, you say. Yeah, it was. it's mad when you think back to the last time we played at Spurs away, it was the opening day of last season, wasn't it? When we had Rodriguez, <laughs> Decore and Alan making the debuts and we played so well and just thought like, oh, we're here and we're going to be really good for the rest of the season now. And 
it, it just it just it felt like a proper performance from a really good team, and probably probably since then it's just all gradually gone downhill, hasn't it? That's it. We we absolutely bought them. Yeah. As in, well, I was sat there watching that game, thinking, "Oh my god, like who is this? Who who is this team here?" Because like it wasn't. We, I get it. We won the game one 0 and we looked convincing, but th- there was a strategy in place. We were playing with freedom and, and with a bit of arrogance. And unfortunately, that comes down to, in the main, the fact there was no one there. <laughs> and uh, and unfortunately, the, the worrying aspect of this one is there's going to be people there. There's going to be a lot of people there. Um, and I just want Everton players to, to try and block that out. And as I say, the, the plan that Frank Lampard's putting across, we need to implement it here because if we don't, then we just look frail. And, and you can just, you, you've seen it many times. Every Evertonian's seen it many times where, they try and do something. It doesn't come off. They don't try it again. They go back into their old ways and then teams just hit us and hit us and hit us and, and uh, you lose another game. So there has to be a, a bit of arrogance, but there also has to be a bit of, bit of a clever nature from Lampard in this game. Do we, do we almost have to make do with what we know, whether it's the best way or not, and, and maybe put his future thoughts to the side? But yeah, I think we could uh, could talk all day long about what Everton should and shouldn't be doing. It's just about getting results now and, and getting to the next game. Hmm. Sorry, Dave, you're you going to make a point there as well. I was just going to say that um, that Spurs game at the start of the last season, does that not feel like an absolute lifetime away? And and it was one of the best performances we've had in Everton's year for, for a long time, in my opinion. Um, you know, the, the, the one obviously at, at Anfield sticks out as well. But starting the season with that performance and the way in which we played, we, we ripped Spurs apart. I don't know why we only won the game 1-0, but how fresh it felt and how sort of, this looked like a proper side, a proper club. It's quite sad to think that that's the highest and, and coupled with the, the Anfield one, of course, as well. It, that's the best it's been for a long time, hasn't it? And you think how, how, how much lower it's gone to since then. It, it's just quite remarkable, really. Well, if you look at that side that played that day, it's only Rodriguez and Dina that, that have gone. You know, nine of that nine of that side are still are still at the football club, and it's it, like you said, it, it feels like hundreds of lads have come through the door and out again. And obviously, we've had different managers in that sort of three different managers in that time as well. It's yeah, it's remarkable to think that it was just literally last season. And yeah, it's um, yeah, what what could have been, I suppose, but. Um, we will wrap it up there anyway. Any confidence about getting a win on Monday from, from either of you? No, I, I, don't, I don't think there's anything, um, I'll say anything to worry about. I, I don't think it's beyond what we what we can do to get a result there. I think I think a win might be a bit too much, but it, it's going to be the type of game I think I've, having been down to Spurs as well, where they've got the new ground and stuff, the atmosphere they're going to have um, given the things that Conte said and Looked like he'd thrown in the towel, didn't it, in that game against Burnley? But then when he bounced back and do that against Leeds, I think um, I think Harry Kane has taken the piss in the last few times I've seen him. Um, and by by that I mean he seems to just he just floats into midfield whenever he seems to feel like it, and and just ends up coming up with some sort of bit of magic and get Son to score goals. I mean, didn't they, the other day they become the greatest ever pairing. Um, ahead of ahead of Lampard, ironically, and Drogba. Yeah, in terms of assists and goals. Yeah, um, which is insanely good. You know, you, you don't want to have Son being able to sprint past us. You don't want us having to play a high line. I think we've spoken about this many times when it's been Michael Keane that, that plays away. 
um, against sides with you've got such such amazing pace. Um, but yeah, that that midfield job is going to be really interesting because if you've got Kane dropping deep, that's another thing to be concerned of with just the general midfield players. The the Spurs have got the luxury of having so. Um, I I think I think I honestly I think we're going to get a draw. I think we're going to get a draw there, and that'd be a, that'd be a huge point for us to get. Don't forget as well. Um, not, not to be the bearer of bad news, but I was very much w- thinking that this would happen the other night when Leicester travelled to Burnley because for 82 minutes we were in the bottom three until Leicester got a late couple of goals. Um, you've got Chelsea at home this weekend, which I'm, I'm thinking Chelsea will win it, but it, it's just that horrible feeling that you like. You look at you look at the table at whatever point in the day it's been in the bottom three, it just feels horrible. Um, but to have a have a game in hand against Burnley, we've had games in hand over everyone all season long. You know, it's the mentality. I don't want the mentality to change because that's what will. Um, when you see a table, despite the fact we've got so many games to catch up with, or the clubs above us, and there are so many you can get beat, you can be drawn into this. The likes of Leeds, obviously, but Brentford as well. Palace aren't that far out of it, out of it as well. Um, th- those clubs are all there, but I think it puts more pressure on you having games in hand. So I just really, even even just from a mental point of view, to look at the Premier League when we're going to Spurs and we're still, you know, even if we lose, we're still going to be outside the bottom three. I think that'll be a big boost, as sad as it sounds. It, it comes across as the game against Tottenham is, is one of those where everything has to go right for us in terms yeah, of yeah. personnel. I finally win some VAR or some refereeing it, it, Yeah, even to be fair, David, even that far, but I think th- th- there has to be the 11 you play and the substitutes you bring on are out of are, are out of choice. So you don't get an injury in, in you know, it all changes shape or something doesn't go wrong for you early doors or the, the way that the, the team set up, it, it's working and and I think that that almost speaks volumes of I'm not worried about what what Tottenham are going to be like on Monday. I'm worried about how Everton are going to going to play in terms of or how Everton are going to manage the game because the, the, there's something about us at the moment where there the never just seems to be a full 90 minutes where it goes for us. Uh, and you could say we're due one. You never due one, especially with VAR or whatever. But the, the eleven he puts out have to play well, have to do the jobs well, have to impact the game how we all imagine them to and then we can get a result it's just whether that happens or not if, it, if someone goes gets injured it just seems to be these games you look at Newcastle away where you're looking really good for for 20 minutes and then Gray comes off and then Mina comes off and you think well that, that's us now we're not a side that can react to things like that and that has to be the case against Tottenham it has to go well for us because they're not the type of players that can can step out of adversity with a little bit of a, I don't know, a shrug of the shoulders so it all comes down to how that game plays out from minute one, really, and, and whether we can get a result or not. I'm not worried about them. I think if you can, if you can jump on their back and, and get the crowd frustrated, then you can beat them, as the likes of Wolves has, as, as the likes of Southampton and, and Middlesbrough have. So, yeah, it comes down to Everton here and, and can Lampard and those players get a tune out of each other and, and start to buy into what we're, we're looking to do. Yeah, fingers crossed they do that. Um, going to be an interesting game, Monday night, 8 o'clock. Uh, we will, of course, have all your build-up to that on the Blue Room Extra over the weekend, speaking to Harry Sherlock to get a Tottenham perspective. Big game for Deli Alley as well, of course. We haven't even mentioned if he, you know, Del Starp, but if he gets on the pitch, it'll be a big moment for him. So plenty of things to consider going into that game. But that's it for us on the weekly today. Cheers to Adam. Cheers to Dave. 
Enjoy your Everton free weekend, and we'll be back on Monday to look ahead to that Tottenham game. And of course, right into the match reaction to that as well. So take care, and we'll speak to you again very soon. At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs make a difference. Like our Italian sub, piled high with Genoa salami, pepperoni, and Virginia honey ham. Or our Firehouse meatball sub with zesty marinara, both with melted provolone and Italian seasoning. Your choice, just $6.99 each for a medium and only for a limited time at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your order. Sports Social Podcast Network.